All right, what is up, guys? My name is Trent Collars. This is the Trent Collars Podcast, episode one. My guest today was Dr. Stephen Missick. He's a combat vet, chaplain, pastor of his church. He's a writer, producer, comic. He's currently running for a Texas State representative seat. It was a really interesting conversation. There are things I agree with him on, things I disagree with him on, but that's the beauty of it. We could sit down and have a peaceful discourse and nothing but respect to the man and for what he's doing. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right. Yes, sir. We'll go ahead and go live. Dr. Missick, thank you for sitting down with me, sir. I really appreciate it. Yep. It's um, nice to meet you, Trent. It's nice to meet you. Um, if you just want to give a brief background on yourself. All right. Well, what attracted uh, your attention to me was that I'm running for Texas State Representative yes, sir. HD 18, and it's changed. This district used to be from Liberty to Huntsville with where I live, Shepherd and Cleveland in the middle. And uh, that's the district as I understood it when I started, when I decided to go run. But then the, they redistricted it and they <laughs> added Hardin County, which includes Kuntz, uh, Silsby, and Lumberton. Yes, sir. So, uh, but I have connections with there. And in that area, though, I have a friend from, old military friend of my father. Mm -hmm. In Coons, and then one of my biggest supporters is in Lumberton. <laughs> so, so it's an interesting experience. So, I'll, I guess I'll just talk about myself. I want to talk about some some connections we have with the military and, and some COVID policies. Now yes, sir, absolutely. Uh, but I want to begin with uh, I am Doctor Stephen Andrew Missick. I'm pastor of King of Saints Tabernacle. I'm an author. Yes, sir. I saw that. Go on Amazon. I got these are some of my books. Uh, I'm an artist, so this is like a. I'm going to do, I do comic conventions, right? <laughs> so this is a comic fact from the Bible, a biography, Life of Jesus, I did. Uh, I made a movie with my brother. I saw that as well, yes, and, sir. And uh, this is the St. Jude's Thaddeus storybook. This is from the docudrama series I did. But with my brother Josiah, uh, he directed and played the role of St. Jude Thaddeus. And this is from the feature film. So I got these two storybooks. And uh, I think these are very nice and professional books. Yes, sir. I'm proud of them. <laughs> so... As far as my military experience, um, I wrote two children's books, mm -hmm. and what happens? I've worked in education. Uh, I want to be my end goal is to be like a, uh, a university or seminary professor. So I, while I was earning my doctorate, I, I was working as a substitute teacher, and one day I saw a book there. I think it's called The Librarian of Basra, and it's about the Americans invading uh, Iraq and terrorizing this elderly librarian and, and burning her library down and trying to kill her. You know, I'm looking at this, and it's like, what? And it's like, I was there in Basra. <laughs> we weren't going around trying to kill some elder. This is crazy. And I was thinking, oh, this is really harmful. You have this book, and this is when the war was going on. It could be somebody's somebody's father, brother, uncle could be deployed to Iraq. It's like, oh, my God, what's my family member doing? And and then I thought, it's like, well, why don't I just write about deployment as a reservist? I was in the Army Reserves at that time. Yes, the process from getting mobilized to coming back home. Mm -hmm. Uh, in a way that children can understand it and wouldn't frighten or trouble them. And, you know, so I put that together. Then I did one about my second deployment. Uh, it is difficult, especially the first deployment. Uh, but I didn't, we didn't lose anybody directly in my unit, but there were people on the base that did die, people I, I served with. Yes, sir. Uh, but it was mostly uh, an easy deployment. So the second one was even better. This is post-surge. And uh, it's a good deployment. The first one was difficult. This is a good deployment. So this is about when I went to Iraq the first time, I was an E-5 sergeant. I did a lot of stuff in Iraq. You know, Got tasked out in different details and things like that. 
Uh, but this this storybook, A Chaplain in Iraq, is about. Uh, it also shows what what chaplains do. Uh, you know, doing baptism, doing religious coverage, helping. You know, there's like a Passover service in here, traveling around Iraq. So it's just a way to tell the military story, which I think is important. Yes, sir. So I'm going to finish up with this. This is my graphic novel on the Hanukkah story, uh, Hanukkah comic, comic and coloring book. So Jesus celebrated Hanukkah, so it has a New Testament biblical <laughs> uh, connection. And it's a very exciting story about the, the, the fight for religious freedom. So those are some of the things I did. Um, so 28 years in the military, and uh, I've served as a chaplain for over 10 years. And... Uh, so one of the things you're talking about, uh, you know, I'm for liberty. That's what we as, as member, members of the military are about, right? Fighting to protect our country, but also fighting for freedom. And uh, there's a big problem with, you know, the COVID uh, shots, right? And uh, it was amazing. I was working the border. So I have two deployments. I was deployed to Iraq as a sergeant, and then I went back as a, I was a, a first lieutenant, yes, sir. chaplain. Uh, then I served three full years almost three, four years at the border. And then last year I went down there several times. Hmm. And when I went there, I was, I was going uh, from post to post visiting our soldiers. And a lot of them don't want to take the, the COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. uh, what do I think about it? The thing is, you know, in the military, they give us all kinds of shots. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's, that was my point too. When right. I saw people standing up against the vaccines themselves, I was like, we get pumped with, I have scars on my arm from smallpox vaccinations, right. you know, I, I all kinds of crazy I stuff. I remember, so. I think we, we pretty much wiped out uh, smallpox mm -hmm. when I was a kid. So my sister, she's got this big, uh, looks like a, some looks type of like electrical socket. Yeah, now guy. I have one. Yep. But when I was, I was just thinking, oh, I'm clean. I don't have that big, ugly scar on my <laughs> arm the way my sister does. But then I went, when I went to Iraq, I had to get that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's true that, you know, every year the Army pretty much requires you to get a flu shot. You know, you just, well, one time they snorted up our nose, you know, but, you know, it's the flu shot. And I'll think about it. It's like, well, they, but then with, with the coronavirus, it's like, well, let's look into it a little bit deeper, right? And I'm a traditional conservative Christian, and I'm pro-life. And uh, so we looked at the shots. It's like, you know, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, you know, or be unrational. I want to look at the evidence and see what I think yes, about sir. it, right? So it's like Johnson & Johnson was using aborted fetuses. And it's like, I don't want, that's, I don't believe in abortion. I don't want cells from an aborted baby put in my body. It's, you know, it's this, I'm opposed to abortion. And then taking their, their, the remains of a poor baby that was killed through an abortion and pumping mm -hmm. in my body. I don't want the Johnson & Johnson shot. So then the, the second thing uh, was looking at the other ones. You had Moderna. And we have, uh, we have Ruby here. <laughs> Ruby is my official campaign cat. And we're going to get her in the, she's going to, come on, Ruby. This is my official campaign cat, Ruby. Say hi to the audience, Ruby. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so just have her say. She's a she's a sweetheart. So I looked at the various, you know, I, I had some friends like, I'm not getting the shot. And these are officers and enlisted soldiers. I think it's wrong. They, they, they had some some arguments. It's like, I don't know if that's true. You know, I want to be a thoughtful, reasonable person. So Johnson Johnson, I'm not going to take that one. Uh, the other one was like, uh, the problems that was it Pfizer? Pfizer? There's reports of people having heart problems mm -hmm. from Pfizer. And then apparently the same thing. It's like, well, maybe if I have to take the shot, I'll take Moderna, which is two shots. But I'd rather take a vaccine that there's no moral or ethical qualms I have about it whatsoever. But I don't want to take Johnson Johnson. And I don't want to take something that gives me a heart attack. So <laughs> there she goes. So then it turns out Moderna has the same problems mm -hmm. with, and it's like, 
And then it's like they rushed it to the, the market, and I don't know, people have legitimate concerns about it. Uh, but what really bothers me about it is so many people, like in our church, there's some members are not going to take it. We have some very faithful and committed church members who have taken it, right? So I think it's an issue about personal conscience. So when I was at the border, I mean, some of the arguments seem kind of preposterous to me, but some soldiers saying, well, it's the mark of the beast because you can't buy or sell with it. And I mean, to me, that seems foolish, but... I mean, who am I to question the sincerity of the religious faith, right? Absolutely. If they sincerely believe that, I mean, to, to you know, to you or me, that maybe that's absurd. The mark of the beast seems to be, you know, six six six, whatever that means, imprint on the skin or the hand. That's the way the Bible describes it, uh, not as a, a vaccine or shot. But if they really, really believe that, uh, I, I just don't understand the the uh, trying to coerce everybody, everybody. Absolutely, that's the beauty of America, and that's I think what a lot of it boils down to is just personal choice. As Americans, you should absolutely be presented with a choice, presented with factual evidence, um, which going back into trusting Johnson Johnson or Moderna or anything like that, I mean, these companies have a track record of not having public interest at heart with opioids, whatever, right. lobbying the American government and stuff. Um, so they're definitely not trustworthy companies. But again, if they're giving out factual information, um, it should be a matter of, of personal choice. Um, and the second that it becomes coercion and it becomes mandated or you start losing your rights as a civilian, that's when things start taking a, a massive downturn. And it's a very slippery slope, some very the, quick. Some of the other issues that we have besides that is the Army is going to lose a lot of good people if they actually Seeing force it right now. people yep. out. Because these are people who serve for, like me, for decades. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if what I'm going to do because I... There's still, we have like probably 10,000 or more in Texas uh, religious exemption requests, and they might just uh, refuse them all. Yes, sir. Possibly. That, that looks like what they're going to do. But uh, we're in election year, and the governor is saying we're not going to mandate it on our soldiers. It's a complicated issue where the president of the United States is the commander in chief or the Texas National Guard. The governor's the commander in chief. So you have two commanders in chief working against each other in a certain way. But I think it's like, uh, and then for recruitment, it's like, oh, we don't have, you know, we're having trouble recruiting all these new uh, new soldiers or uh, seamen. Uh, but, well, there's this controversy. You know? People are like, well, I don't want to, if they're going to coerce me to take a shot that I don't want to take. Uh, you know, probably in the flu shots, it probably wouldn't have been a you know, annual flu shot. Well, I don't feel you know, comfortable about it because 99% of the people would take it and probably wrote a letter in chapel and said, okay, you really feel that way. But now it's like, oh, no, we're going we're gonna to force you out. Uh, so... And like I said, I didn't really think about it before. It wasn't presented these issues. But when I looked at it, it's like, well, there, there does seem to be, to me, you know, legitimate concerns. I think so. I think that you're starting to see the heavy hand of the state, and you're seeing the shift from what we look at you know, as our democratic republic and stuff like that, like continuously shift into more fascistic and authoritarian regime well, ideals but, and stuff like that. Look what's going on in Canada right now. It's really, it's really disturbing. It's, it's but, absolutely disturbing. I, I want to talk about that really quick. Where... All right, in, in 20, 2020, it was amazing. And uh, 2020, we had BLM protests, you know, but mostly 2020, all across the country. People being, police being killed, buildings being burnt down, people being assaulted, murdered. There's this one guy, I think it was in Seattle, this guy was a Patriot, Patriot prayer rally. And this guy, oh, there's one of them, he went and shot him and they just yep, murdered so him, outright murdered this guy. That guy ended up committing, I guess the cops finally went after somebody. Yeah, he committed suicide so he, as he they were coming get, at him. Yeah, he, he but. It was that bad. That was allowed. In fact, uh, I would Kamala, say it was absolutely supported. Kamala Harris said she's encouraging the riot. She's paying. She's bailing people out. Yep. And she says we shouldn't. 
We're not going to stop, and we shouldn't. That's what she was saying. Uh, and then, I mean, it's the video. It's just disturbing. Don Lamont and uh, Cuomo, you know, just mocking the devastation. And it's horrible. So now you have, and there's a great, I think it's Tucker made these points. So now you have the workers. You know, workers of your world, unite, and all this. So you have workers of the world in Canada, and they are workers of the world. They interview these people. They're like uh, Pakistanis, Sikhs, you know, people yeah. people from Africa, the Middle East. Who uh, the left should be supporting if they were traditionally right, well, the left. These, the are, worker yeah, these party. are, if they're really, well, they're the party elite now. Absolutely, 100%. That's what I'm saying. Historically, if they were still the working party, that right. would be who they should be supporting, Tucker, but it's Tucker not the Carlson case. made another point. He says, who was... Karl Marx, he was a rich elitist, yep. you know, even though he's of Jewish descent, one of his first publications was an anti-Semitic screed, shocking. And then he's, he's his writings are full with, of racism mm -hmm. against Hispanics and, and uh, black people, and it's, it's shocking. But, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to take down uh, Thomas Jefferson because he held slaves or Washington. And it's like, well, you, you know, you're going to try to erase these people from history, but, you know, this person that you venerate, he's worse than they were. Yeah, right? absolutely. At least... At least uh, Jefferson had the ideals of equality for all people. Mm -hmm. He didn't say all white men. He said all men, all people are created equal, endowed by their creator. Uh, and then Washington himself, I'm going to, you know, all my slaves are going to be set free upon my death. Uh, so these people had ideals they didn't live up to. But, I mean, they're in, in, imperfect in, in human beings, as we all are. And yet they, they ignore these, these flaws of Karl Marx. But you look at this. Look at what's going on in that protest. Just to say they're going to close it down, right? Fine. But... Seizing their bank accounts, I guess busting out windows, dragging people out. Uh, we're gonna take your cats and dogs, and you, you know, we're gonna put them to sleep. Mm -hmm. We're taking your kids and putting them in foster care. It's insane. Absolutely. Insane. And then the news media is like, "Go get them, slash their tires, take away their." So this woman is like, they're out. I mean, it's, you can tell. Just watch the videos. It's cold. This is Canada, and uh, you know, somebody sent forty dollars, forty dollars, just so somebody could fill up his tank so he could stay warm at night. And uh, they doxed her. The media doxed her. And they had a good point where, uh, oh, we're not going to report on Hunter Biden's laptop because that's, uh, you know, uh, that might have been it's hacked, conspiracy theory. Right? Oh, so they're saying it's hacked. Oh, we can't pr publish hacked information or it's conspiracy theory. But then the media is publishing people's personal information because they're supporting the truckers. You know, I guess they had the right to be against it. They had the right to be for it, but trying to destroy people's lives. And uh, it's... Stay, and martial law over a a peaceful protest, and uh, you know it's 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 disturbing. Absolutely, and I think that uh, to your point, the the press right now is absolutely corporate press. Um, it is state propaganda, in my opinion, um, and it's backing all of the major institutions that are really corrupting our country: right. the government, the military-industrial complex, right. big bank, pharmaceutical companies, uh, all these major, massive institutions that have amassed power over the last like 100 or so years uh, like that they really took control over it um, they're mouthpieces it's for it. It's all propaganda. Absolutely. If you believe CNN, CNN any of that stuff right. it is straight state propaganda and what's going on in Canada I mean people should be up in arms in that like their government literally just took their livelihood from them. Right. For them to be able to access your money in your bank account, right. you're not a sovereign individual and, and at that point. And then on point. top of that, it's like, we're going to charge you, we're going to give you a fine because you're peacefully demonstrating about $100,000. It's it's insane. Absolute insanity. And, uh, and you're seeing, I, and this is where I it really, really bothers me too in America, is that they're not only ignoring 
the aspects of it that are just absolutely egregious, but like you were saying, they're absolutely cheering it on. Right. And it's because they are continuously moving the Overton window and setting the standard for mass federalization, mass centralization of power, and that the state is basically a god at this point, which is also right. a cultural aspect of us n not really having strong religious faith anymore in any religion, right. not even not necessarily Christianity, Islam, whatever the case right. is, the adoption of politics as an ideology right. and the representation of the state as their God, it's, it's you're right. just it's encompassing. These people have religious zeal and their God, they won't allow the worship of any God except for governmental power and the state. And now it's being flipped, like with a lot of COVID restrictions, uh, I mean, using that as a pretense to close down churches. And I'm surprised that churches went along with I it. was utterly surprised when yeah. that happened. I was like, out of all the people that I expected to really resist that, I thought right. that the churches and stuff would really be the people to be like, yeah, uh, no, listen, we're going to get together and still praise. I only know of three. Well, our church stayed open throughout all that. So we, we resisted. Uh, but there was as a King James Bible church. I don't know if that was in Louisiana or where it was. Maybe it's Kentucky. I forget. It's a black African-American church. And... They were having, is a drive-through like a drive-through theater? Is a drive-through church? People are sitting in their cars, and you know, so it's 100% social. All their windows are rolled up. 100% mm -hmm. social distancing. They're in their cars, and uh, the police surrounded. I think they put nails in the driveway and That's you know insane. tried to race every, yeah. uh, arrest everybody. And then, uh, I mean, good for him for resisting. It's just shocking that happened. Then uh, Rodney Howard Braun. I always thought he's a he's a South African preacher. He's the holy laughter thing. Mm -hmm. I thought he was kind of a if anybody's sharing the love of Jesus Christ, God bless them. You know, but he seemed to kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of hard to take some of his things seriously. It kind of seemed a little buffoonish. But he had, I mean, they had pictures of the service, very strict social distancing, like, you know, three people per pew, and, you know, everybody's over six feet apart. And he was arrested. They, they published his, his mugshot. It's like, well, I didn't take that guy seriously before, but good, good for him. And think about all the problems in South Africa. Well, I think South African, white South African, white South African Christians can stay in their country and try to make it better in this time of you know racial division. But he came over here. Uh, I guess Elon Musk is another South African uh, uh, import. But you know, comes over here. It's supposed to be a free country. Arrested for having illegal church service. And then uh, John MacArthur. I, um, you know, I believe in you know heaven, hell, divine judgment. You know. And, uh, but I'm not, I believe that God is gracious. John 3, 16, God loved the whole world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed. I mean, God's not willing anybody to burn in hell forever. He wants everybody to repent and get right with God. Uh, but Calvin's like, you know, God's chosen people to go to hell. So you got Calvinism. So I don't agree with Calvinism. And John MacArthur's a big-time Calvinist preacher. But he held services. And I saw this one video, this man that's desperate as a preacher. And it's like, they're, they're finding my church. They're closing us down. Look what's happening in the community. Uh, you know, overdoses going through the roof, alcohol problems, you know. And it's like, we have community programs to help people with their needs. They have nowhere to go because you locked the churches down. And now we have all these social problems. We want to help. And we're a bastion to help, help and, and hope in our community. And now you close the door. And now suicides and overdoses are, are skyrocketing. But one thing that really gets me is down at the valley is the Catholic Church going along with a year-long uh, shut down the churches. And, and it's like, well, how could you... Because the Catholic Church, and we believe, you know, when we take the Lord's Supper, it's like, do this in remembrance of me. Mm -hmm. But the Catholic Church is, no, this is my body. So you cut off people from communing with the, the body of God, as they understand it, for a full year. Yes, sir. And if you get a Catholic catechism, it's like, as a good Catholic, Jesus says, and, and as often as you do this, the apostles say, and often as you do this, you're supposed to take the Lord's Supper often. Mm -hmm. And so you bishops withheld communion for an entire year from Catholics? 
I mean, it's, it's, Jesus established, you look at all these different denominations, but Jesus did establish the church, which is a, the fellowship of believers and the things we do, we do together. Like take the Lord's Supper, right? It's communion. And then as a, with my Baptist background, you know, we have believers baptism by immersion. We got our baptistry right there and it's supposed to be, you know, public baptism. So see, people can see that you're professing faith in Christ and obeying him in scriptural baptism. So that's just closed down for a whole year. So we're losing, and then freedom of speech. If you question some of these mandates from, I mean, it happened to me uh, with my YouTube channel. I got strikes for uh, and warnings for complaining about masks, which aren't effective. Saying things that now would be accepted by the mainstream media, probably too, now that the narrative is breaking down. Um, yeah. yeah, utterly insane. Everything that you've been describing, again, going back to what I was saying earlier about uh, living under a fascistic regime. Like, if you look up the definition of fascism right now, we are fitting every single bullet point of it aside from an unelected dictator which i think well, you could argue is traded. the uniparty yeah the the deep state uniparty whatever right. you want to call it the people who really run the government yeah. i think you could easily put in that and that's the traditional definition of it we're definitely living in like a quasi corporatist world where i think everything is basically designed to keep money and put more money into the hands of the elites who are in charge right. and they're deeply deeply right. in bed with with, with the government now, what you're saying about I want to, uh, this point before you started recording about people being incarcerated for for covid um so the quarantines were pretty extensive this um this was for the navy yes um so i was an explosive ordnance disposal technician i was assigned to um a mobile unit on guam um and guam which basically turned into a police state during the COVID lockdowns. Um, it was utterly insane. Like it got to the point where you couldn't go walk on the sidewalk without getting a ticket from the police, uh, shut down all beaches, everything like that. If you came onto Island, you had to do a mandatory two week quarantine, which usually ended up being 17 days because they would test you on the 14th day. And then you wouldn't get your results back for two or three days. So usually 17 days. And if you look up what the definition of torture um, in regards to isolation is, right. it's about 14 days, which is why they couldn't, right. I think, put it over that 14-day mark, but people were right. still doing more than that. Um, and then if you tested positive at the end of that time, you did another two weeks before they would test you again. Um, so at one point, I got back to Guam, did my two and a half weeks. Um, luckily, it was in my own home, um, but this was around the time that you could get a ticket for being on the sidewalk anyway, so it really right. didn't matter. And then got tested at the end of that two weeks and came back positive. And I was like, hey, completely asymptomatic. Like these tests have a high probability of testing or giving false results. I was like, could I get tested one more time? They're like, no, absolutely not. Um, stay in your house for another two wow. weeks, two and a half weeks. And this whole time, um, you know, I had my direct supervisors basically calling and saying like, if you get caught outside of your home, you're gonna be prosecuted and get UCMJ'd. Um, we're gonna take your money, you know, you know how it goes. They have complete control over basically everything that makes your life stable and they can take that away from you. Um, and that was the, the real hardcore moment when I like really sat down and was like, what are we doing right now? Um, so that was normal. And anytime you left the island to go do partner force engagements, whatever the case was, leave anything, um, Wherever we were going normally, it was a two-week quarantine process, and then whenever you got back, and they were just sending people on and off, on and off, to where guys were racking up months of their life locked in isolation, right. and um, definitely was having like 
mental effects on them. I mean, it's not normal for people to be locked up like that, especially over COVID that you could look at and say, a lot of these people were asymptomatic. You know, most of the people in the military that are deploying like that are young, pretty right. in shape, you know, like these people are not very susceptible to right. this. Um, and also with Guam, I think that the government of Guam had some deals with these hotels. I think there was underhand money, money well, being made, you know what I'm saying? Amazing, Especially off the government. Amazing things I've seen with, with how bad it was countries we thought of as free. Like I remember this video from England and they're sending drones, looking at people's backyards and there's some out in the moors, you know, it's like nothing for miles and miles. And this guy's walking his dog and then, you know, and then there's a, a drone, you know, you're under arrest. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like this. It's like, what is this? I lived in England. I took, I went to did this Oxford city tour in there. I loved it. And it's like, what's happening to England? Yeah, Australia. And then Australia where this guy, he's, he's hogtied in the road. It's just on the uh, Tucker Carlson. You know, on that sidewalk, he's hogtied. It's like, what did you do? Uh, I came out to smoke a cigarette. Yeah, it's and utterly he's insane. The road and, and people, is that normal? I mean, I don't think. The camps they have over there, sending well, people to actually, camps? Well, actually, you have mobs of people demonstrating, and the, you have the, the Australian army shooting supposedly mm -hmm. bullets, and, you know, masses of people running from the yep. army attacking and shooting them. And then, you know, one thing that really disturbs me about the whole thing is, like, they had this, I was watching a little bit of The Five yesterday, and they had the panel discussion. They had their token liberal. Well, and it's probably true. Well, the majority of people polled in Canada, they want the, you know, they're against the, the demonstrations. Well, there's a sizable minority. It's probably like this country's probably polarized. Mm -hmm. I don't care if they have a slight majority. Well, Hitler had a majority. You know, what's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. Yeah, That's exactly. Sad. Exactly. And that completely leads into um, right. my early departure from the military and stuff like that was sitting down and trying to talk to my leadership and explain to them that, us following orders is not beneficial right. all the time. I was like, right. we need to seriously like look at what's going right. on and make moral and ethical decisions, not just based on what's coming from the Pentagon, especially right. when you can look at these people and look at their track records and say, okay, these people have a historical track record of being corrupt right. Right. and making bad decisions. And it's up to the individual and taking responsibility as the individual to stand up against things that you find corrupt or unethical. Hopefully we'll hold these people responsible. That's, yes, and I 100%. Think that, like the, what's going on with COVID and the, the it's a patriot purge, basically. And uh, if we're able to have a, a, a change course as a country, these people who participate in that, how could you, you know what's wrong. It's like when I went to basic training, you learned the law of land warfare, mm -hmm. right? And what does that mean? If they give you a, a, an unlawful order, you don't obey it. Yeah. And yet these, well, you know, they think, oh, what about my career and my retirement? Uh, you know, what about your your oath to protect and defend the Constitution yeah. of the United States? Yeah, when you're taking orders from people who like, have you openly. Swear, I swear an oath to protect and defend my retirement package, mm -hmm. my career. Yeah, no. exactly. And, and that's how I saw it as well. And I was like, you have people who are in charge of us openly admitting that they are doing things that are unconstitutional, openly admitting it, blatantly saying they are going against the Constitution, and you're still following orders from these people and acting like everything's hunky-dory, like we're in a good sure. land, and if you don't follow the curve or follow the, uh, the orders coming down, then you're a piece of shit, you know, and you should not be allowed. I believe there's a God in, in heaven, and they think, you know, justice could be done, and where they're going to look at your retirement package, because these policies, you got runaway inflation. Yeah, it's not going <laughs> to be worth anything anyway. The rate we're going, Absolutely. you're going to lose it anyway. Mm -hmm. What Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he, you know, gained the whole world and lose his soul? You're selling out. Mm -hmm. And uh, what you're saying about the uh, the unit party, it, it's pretty evident, you know. 
Trump is not of the Uniparty, so they don't like him. You know, Bushes, McCain's, and Romney's, it's the same. It's the same thing. They're moving the same direction, just a little slower pace. Mm -hmm. But somebody's going to upend everything. Oh, well, we can't have that. And I want to recommend you, I don't know if you've seen it, there's a movie called, it's about the January 6th uh, demonstrations. It's called Capital Punishment. I haven't seen it. And I'd recommend it because there's a lot of people, people just did peaceful demonstrations, didn't do anything wrong. In fact, these men, uh, they were there just to render first aid to certain people, and they did. And the FBI kicked down their door. They, they, uh, these people were, were locked in, he was locked in a closet for five days straight with no lights. The only light he had was like food coming in the door a couple yeah. times a day. And they... The, the psychological damage that that, that does. Absolutely, what I'm saying. I think I think that people really need to understand that we are actively holding political prisoners in America right now, and no especially the January 6 people. Doubtless. I mean, those are political prisoners that are right. being treated absolutely unjustly, not giving their due rights as American individuals, um, and like that is baffling. You have the right to speedy trial to keep American citizens now with. Actually, this is a this is a sad fact. Some of the January six people are treated far worse than yep. Al Qaeda. Yeah. What is it? Rush Limbaugh joke about Club Gitmo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like a yeah. It's a, a, a vacation center. While these people are, there's stories of somebody breaking his arm and the warden doesn't allow him to get treated mm -hmm. for, for three weeks. Uh, people have medication; they're being refused for months. Camp, you know, and uh, these these prison guards are they're not they're they're hired out from overseas and they're. Uh, they're from Africa. They're they have, they're like, yelling racial epitaph at, at people and, and, and shooting. You know, not shooting, but beating people, mm -hmm. assaulting. It's horrible. It's like how could this happen in the United States, America? And of course, the media, even Fox, doesn't want to report that. You have yep. to go to alternate news. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's because Paul Ryan's on the board of directors of Fox News, and certain stories he's going to you know make sure that it's not exposed. To Absolutely. I mean, there are good things. There are there are things I like on Fox, but it's just. Yeah, problems, I think Tucker, Tucker Carlson has definitely had some really on-point reporting in like the last last year or so. Uh, I've definitely liked a lot of his takes and a lot of what he's been reporting on, but people still need to understand that it is a mainstream media source. It's the corporate press, and there are still things that they are not going to talk right. about or that they are propagandizing you to right. on the other side. Right. Um, and that's just insane. Which it's, I think it's also beautiful. One of the beautiful things about COVID is that people, a massive amount of people have started waking up to that and seeking out alternate news sources, stuff like that. Right. The rise of independent journalism right. is absolutely going through the roof. Um, and and with their attack on Joe, Joe Rogan Rogan's right now. About, right? Absolutely. Joe Rogan's an independent. My brother loves Joe Rogan because he's into UFOs. <laughs> yeah. I love Joe Rogan. He's a fucking super smart man. And he has a lot of guests on who have changed my life just through their ideas and being represented. Um, representatives of their ideas um, but yeah the attack on him is absolutely political and right. I mean I don't have to explain it there's people out there way smarter than me who've already talked about it that have made it clear that what's going on with him has nothing to do with racism or transphobia or anything like that because the majority of the people who are calling for it anyway are racist well, they just was, put a different label not, on it that what they did was he was doing reading news reports where the N word was used, mm -hmm. or jokes and stuff like that. And he was just quoting other people. He's never espoused racism, so that's taken that was a hit job on him. Yeah, 100%. everything is taken totally in, out of context. He's not a racist; never has been a racist. And uh, that that shows that how sick these people are. Mm -hmm. How sick they went through hundreds of hours of video to find you know to take things totally out of context yep. to paint him as something he's not, never has been, probably never even occurred to him, you know, to, to even think that way. Uh, he's just, I was just reporting this story or this joke or whatever, and I just read it the way it was. 
And then they try to make that. And then even The Rock, oh, I'm disappointed with him. Yep. For what? You should be disappointed. People who are trying to mischaracterize and lie about him by selectively editing things out of context. As I'm saying, and he apologized for it. He came out, he gave a heartfelt apology. It's like, what more do you want from the man? You know, the. You can never satisfy No, absolutely people. not. You can't. And the idea of applying modern day ethics uh, to people of the past, right. what we were talking about with Tom Jefferson and other people right. like that earlier, especially them tearing down like monuments and everything like that. It's like these people lived in a completely different right. time. For you to pick out one thing, specifically like the slavery issue and stuff, and say, well, these men were evil men because they had slaves. It's like, well, you need to take a historical look at what was going on in that time period right. and realize that this was a, a common practice. Right. It's not like these people were, you know, Genghis Khan murdering 50% of the population. Is Africa was a slave-holding country. Yeah, 100%. And all these, what they would do is uh, uh, they would go in the interior, black Africans, they, they would acquire yep. people to sell. And they'd sell them. And the Muslims were doing, the Arabs were doing the slave trade. The white whites were years. all doing it. All the Europeans were involved right. in it, and we were all enslaving each other as well. So this right. is the, word, the thing. The word slave comes from Slav because you had people from Bulgaria yep. and Russia who yep. were enslaved, and they just called slaves Slavic people yep. because that's what they were. Mm -hmm. So that's white slavery. And then... The, the the Muslims would go into, you know, all over Europe. Actually, Americans. That's why we had the, the, the Barbary Pirates War, because they would raid ships, they'd capture Americans, and they'd put them in plantations in North Africa. So we went to, that's why we went to have the, uh, the, the what was the, the Marine song? Well, the Marines are part of the Navy. Uh, the, you know, the coast, I don't the, know the any of their songs. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so definitely it was, it was, it's a fact it's of life. A, it's, an, it's an egregious institution. Yeah. It is a good thing that we've moved on from it, but it was a common practice at the time. And for you to attribute that to one group of right. people is just a completely out of line with you, historical it's, context. It's really, it's, it's sad. And, and it's shocking. divisive. Right. It's so it's, divisive. They want it to be divisive. That's 100%. That's what race theory is about. Yep. But you look at like the, the Roman aqueducts, which are amazing, or the pyramids. Uh, those are... They were, they were conscripted or forced labor. You know, I guess during the off-season, Caesar, I mean, sorry, the, the pharaoh would grab, the, you know, the farmers and make them do that. People died building the pyramids. They got the oh, great yeah. arms and legs oh, broken. Yeah. And it's like 30 years. Uh, but those are monuments of you know, human greatness and civilization, but they're also the monuments of cruelty and slavery. I mean, forced labor, you're enslaved, you know, you're probably, the, uh, even though you weren't technically a slave, they were enslaved mm -hmm. by pharaoh made to do that. Yeah, the Taj Mahal, uh, that was yeah, built all, by slaves. All and it's beautiful. Things. Yes, so... Uh, it's just, it, like we're saying historical did, context. Uh, it's a fact. I had this you friend know. said that that it was uh, John Deere liberated more slaves than uh, Abraham Lincoln because <laughs> technology, technology that's able to you know we're, we're before before technology you're dependent on human and animal labor but now we have technology then you know that's part of the thing as well. Absolutely. But it's it's a sad fact. You know, it's, it's horrible, but it's just reality. Like and like you said, we just we shouldn't be able to judge people by our standards when they lived in a totally different world. Uh, just like like a like you know feminists oh women are exploited and treated it's like they didn't have electricity <laughs> you know it's like a, a man has to go out and work and he's help you know? yeah. it's like somebody's got to you know he's out there laboring somebody's got to wash the, the dishes and the clothes and take care of the kids it's a this is nate is necessary yeah it was, it was the most efficient system at the time yeah. for human beings Division to survive of labor was chosen because of this necessity of life it yeah. wasn't oh let's exploit women yes uh, or the patriarchy it's, it's nonsense you know these people lost their ever loving mind yeah it's, yeah, it's they absolutely lost, they're, they're they're crazy uh you know it's just like with the with the like men competing with the women athletes and saying that that he has no advantage. Well, look at the military PT tests. You know, 
it's like these female soldiers aren't, aren't capable of, of passing the, the same. It's just biology. You look at it, it's like, I, you know, 60, 60 uh, push-ups and that, that female soldier struggles to do just 20. That's because biology, that's the way God made her body. And we are equal in the eyes of God and, and, and our function and, and, and uh, what we do in this world, but there are biological differences. And they, they claim, oh, we're for science, we're for science. It's like, you're against common sense, though. Yeah, well, Dr. <laughs> Fauci is the science, so. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Fauci. Um, Terrible. Well, I wanna, let's yeah, talk insane. about the, this, this race and what it means. I am for freedom. And I'm very concerned about the direction our, our country is going. And we need strong leaders to champion freedom uh, because we're seeing, you know, just like with the COVID thing, as an example, you want conformity, you know? And it's like, as a Christian, you know, I, I, I was thinking this morning about how many programs, and some of them are very entertaining, that, you know, uh, try to marginalize, demonize Christians, like this, uh, they had this Peacemaker series, I guess, just finished, and, you know, the bad guy's quoting the Bible, and he's a racist, he's supposed to be representing conservatives, Handmaiden's Tale, the boys, they're always mocking all these major productions are mocking my religion, my faith, and, and the people in my congregation are good people, but if you watch these shows, you think, oh. So that's what they're trying to, you know, they're trying to marginalize traditional evangelical Christians. Uh, so I'm not going to conform to that. What's going to happen in the future if we don't have freedom of, of, of different beliefs? It's, it's a bad precedent. And we just say, no, you know, we got to fight against people, trying to create negative stereotypes against people. But we, we need freedom, freedom. Because I'm not going to conform to the, the Marxist leftist system. And you shouldn't want people to have to fight. It's like uh, Norman Rockwell has that, that, that painting, each according to the, the four freedoms of, of, uh, uh, of Roosevelt, right, during World War II. Was it freedom of, was it freedom from fear, freedom of religion, freedom of speech? Um, I forget, freedom of one. I think that was his four freedoms. Uh, but we're losing them each according to the dictates of their own conscience it's like no we're going to coerce you to do what we say like it or not and uh we need to be a free people that's why people came to america in the first place uh you know for freedom uh and and we're losing it that's what our founding documents are about so we need people who are going to stand up for freedom not just for me but for people who disagree with me right and that's another thing is like what's going on is uh especially where they're censoring people on youtube and social media it's like we should be able to communicate with each other, express ourselves. How can you have dialogue, debate, and discussion if you're going to silence somebody down for holding the wrong opinion? It's crazy, and it's happened to me. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was I was at January 6th recently. Actually, I had a camera on my, I did a GoPro, and I just filmed what happened. I didn't see any violence or anything. I couldn't even imagine that was going on or going to happen. And uh, YouTube took the video down, and it's like, it's like, for fraud. It's like, how is that fraud? That's raw, unedited video. Just somebody watched, walked you didn't, around. You didn't depict them as domestic terrorists. That's the issue. There was, yeah, it showed what really happened that day, and there was no violence. There's people having a good Absolutely. time singing and uh, listening to the president speak and, you know. Never let a good crisis everybody. go to waste. That's it. Yeah, well, they, they, that's what really happened versus their narrative. And the movie Capital Punishment deals with that, too. It's Nick Sorcy, and he had the same experience I did. Uh, that was an FBI operation. You've seen Roy Epps. 100%. I, this is something that I try to really convey to people as well, is the amount of false flags and state-sponsored events that lead us into conflicts or push their agendas right. is 
absolutely insane. Yeah. The people who think that we do not falsify events for right. things such as war, it's like right. you can historically go back and look. If you look at Operation Northwood, when they tried to blow an American plane up to invade Cuba and JFK was the only one to say, hey, listen, this is not a good idea. You saw what they did to him, you right. know, when he stood up against the deep state. So it's like you have historical legitimate right. context to say these people 100% falsify events right. to push World their agenda. War one, Lusitania, right? It's a, uh, it's a, a ship had American passengers on it. There's a full play, pay, page ad carried, you know, German embassy. Please don't take this, you know. It's going through uh, waters that are at war. Don't, mm -hmm. don't take it. Uh, and I think that I think weapons and ammunitions aren't were on that. They shouldn't have sunk it, but you know they were looking for something like that. Oh, you, sh you sunk a ship with Americans. Look, we're gonna go. We're gonna get involved in this World War One. Or uh, talking about the Spanish-American War, I guess is the a ship, the Maine, that's blown mm -hmm. up in the, the yep. Havana Harbor. Who Harbor? Who blew it up? We don't know. It could have been. It could have been, maybe the maybe some extremist group blew it up. But well, it could have been on either side, yep. right? It could have been a Spanish extremist group. It could have been an American extremist group because they wanted us to go. Uh, that's how we acquired uh, Puerto Rico yep. and uh, and Guam, where you're you're uh, stationed at. Uh, yeah, there's all these questionable things that we go into war over. Uh, but like right now, like. Uh, the World Trade Tower uh, attack, you know, that happened. I believe, you know, Al-Qaeda did that, and we went to war as a consequence. But right now, it's like, look, I don't want Russia to take over Ukraine, but why are we going to war with Russia? Absolutely. I don't understand it. Yeah. What does they have to do? It's like, why don't the Europeans take care of their own backyard? Yeah, why should 100%. we send our young men and women to go there to die? What have they done to us? Yeah. And then, like, what was troubling today is the Republicans and the and the Democrats got together and had uh, the mother of all sanctions against Russia, and the Biden administration says we're not going to do that. And it's like, well, why not? You know, I, I remember this. There's this uh, John Adams video, uh, right? With uh, was it Paul Giamatti, the the, the Italian actor? Uh, yeah, I believe I know who you're talking about. So uh, he played John Adams. It has this scene. I saw this club. I haven't seen the whole thing yet. And uh, what happened is that what do they call it? Uh, it's like a peace overture letter, you know, the, the olive branch letter mm -hmm. to, to the king of England. And they're upset. It's like, you know, the founding fathers like, we need to go to war. And these Quakers are like, no, 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 no. Let's not, let's let's have our uh, olive branch. Let's try to make peace with, you know, tell them we want we don't want, you know, war. We're gonna find it any way we can have peace. We just have, you know, no taxation. We have legitimate concerns against the, the, the crown mm -hmm. and we want them to dress. So they sent this letter and then uh, King George sent a very threatening letter back, you know. I don't mean to harm America, but those guys are going to, you know, anybody that's associated with those people are going to go after them and destroy them. And that's when, uh, 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 what was his name, Benjamin Franklin said, oh, well, guys, we got to hang together now. We're all going to hang separately, you know. And, of course, the, you know, there's the Quakers that did that. And, you know, it's like John Hannah's like, oh, these Quakers, we need to go to war. They're, they're... But it's better, right? It's better to make every overture to peace. And if you can't have peace, then you have to have war. And instead of, you know, I don't understand why there's a rush to go headlong into war, it's like, wait a minute, hold your horses. Can't we come up with a peaceful peaceful solution? I'm, I'm afraid within probably maybe days or hours we're going to have a conflict in, with Russia. I am too. I saw earlier this morning that uh, they were claiming a Russian-backed separatist group was launching shells into the Ukraine. Um, and again, going back, it's like how much of that stuff is false flag or, or state-sponsored yeah, stuff is... to get in there. And that's no joke. You're talking about war with a major nuclear power. Right. And I think that a lot of people have looked at the past 20 years or so of war and seen how successful we've been without really understanding that. I mean, we were fighting insurgencies and farmers. We were not fighting a state-sponsored power that has tanks, anti-aircraft, you know, everything that 
we will cause so much destruction and mayhem across the globe. It would be utterly insane to not pursue every single democratic pathway right. to solve this issue. I was in Iraq at the beginning of the war, and uh, I, like they had 21 days to Baghdad. I went up there day 22, but I mean these these Iraqi soldiers just dropped their weapons and fled. Yeah, the highly trained what do they call it. Uh, Republican Guard, wherever they were supposed to be, you know, they all they all folded. And uh, you know, where was where was uh, um, Sam Hussein himself? He's hiding in a, a spider den or something in, yeah. in Tikrit. Uh, I mean, they they folded immediately. There's you know, there's it was, they were the paper tiger, not us, right? Yes, sir. Uh, this is different. We're not talking about backwards, you know, third world Middle East. No, absolutely country. not. We're talking about Russia. Russia has its problems, but this is a a big country. It's a significant world power. And, yeah. You look uh, at the conflict with Germany in World War II, what, 40 million people, something like that, I believe died. It's it's insane that the, the level of warmongering that you're seeing between these nations and these officials um, is it's just mind-boggling. You know, another thing about about the war on terror, you know, I support, sometimes you have to take military action against terrorists. Like, uh, well, we got, Trump got Soleimani, who killed a lot of our soldiers. I had to minister as a, as a chaplain to soldiers that were blown apart by Suleimani's people. And uh, uh, Baghdadi, who carried out the genocide of Assyrian Christians in, in the communities I visited in the Middle East. And he goes in there and starts killing uh, Assyrian Christians. So we needed to take military action against these people. But there's other ways to do it. Uh, like, let's, let's talk about the root causes and sources of, of Islamic terrorism. You try to discuss, have an honest discussion about it, and they try to shut you down. Yeah. You're an Islamophobe. It's like, I don't, I love these people. I just, I don't want them to suffer under this, you know, this cruel ideology. Isn't there a way to, you know, discuss them and, 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 and find peaceful solutions instead of war being the only solution? But they won't let us have these. And, and, and uh, uh, I'm not a big foul, uh, fan of uh, Bill Maher uh, or Sam Harris because he's a radical atheist. But they're it's like, okay, let's talk about these issues. He's honest. It's like, uh, what was his name? This journalist, I forget. He, he was like exposing himself to women. Is uh, Charlie? Uh, I forget his name. He's I'm not too minutes. sure. So Charlie Rose, you know, he's, he got he was eventually fired for sexual harassing mm -hmm. women and exposing himself to women. But Charlie Rose had Bill Maher on his, his program, and uh, you know, well, he goes, well, there's Muslim extremists. Oh, there's Christian extremists too. And Bill Maher says it's different. You know, you don't, I don't, are there Christians going around spraying, you know, splashing girls in the face with acid because they want to learn how to read and write? Uh, if you go to Rome, if you go to Mecca, they'll kill you if you're not a Muslim. Will they kill people for going to, to Rome? He says, look, there's a, I'm not saying there's not Christian extremists. Bill, Bill Maher Bill is like a radical agnostic and atheist. But he's saying, look, there's a, 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 a different kind of problem with radical Islam and we need to address it. And, uh, well, Charlie Rose, well, I guess I have to agree with you because it's true. It's a fact. It's a different, it's a totally different level of extremism. So then he bring, he goes on his show and uh, uh, the Batman actor, uh, Ben Affleck, oh, oh, that's terrible. I don't talk, you're, you're racist, you're you know, racist, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, it's, isn't it better to have a hard or difficult conversation than to go to war where how many Iraqis died? A lot more, it's like tens of thousands. And you know, I, I had to, and I minister, I mean, just dealing with deaths and dealing with people I know uh, or dealing with what people don't uh, think about is horrible burn injuries, loss of limbs. I mean, it's a great cost to us. And uh, during, before the surge, uh, you have these high casualty rates. A lot of it was just innocent Iraqi people. Yeah, 100%. And Al-Qaeda would do the most heinous things. Like they get, 
you know, a, a mentally retarded little boy, and they oh go chase. They put bombs on him, throw a ball into a crowded market, go chase the ball, and yep. oh he's already got the ball, and blow him up, or or use rape. You know, they'd rape a woman and say, hey, you want to get your honor back as a martyr? You get your honor. Just sick. So the girl would go out in a crowd of 150 people and blow herself up, and uh, it's it's terrible. And uh, yeah, we need to we need to confront that, but people don't want. I rather have a difficult conversation than people dying. But. Absolutely, uh, I definitely ascribe to way more non-interventionism. Um, I think that historically, the way that our country was laid out, we're definitely supposed to be non-interventionist, and I think that we have a really bad track record uh, when you actually look at a lot of the countries that we've been involved with, specifically with the military, but also with the ridiculous amount of CIA operations, stuff like that, coups, um, stuff that we've been involved in that we really had no right to and that I think you can look at and really make the argument that we did more harm than we did good for a lot of these yeah, places. Look at, look, at, look at Iraq and Iraq's Christian population where you had two to three million people and now there's like 500,000. Yeah, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in the Middle East that have been killed as a direct result of our intervention over there for, I mean, way longer than the last 20 or so years with the war on terror. You know, a lot of people, I feel like, especially for my generation, don't even understand that we've been in Iraq and stuff since Bush specifically, OG Bush. But even before that, we were over there intervening with the affairs of the Middle East. Right. Um, and I mean, right now, propping up Saudi Arabia and what they're doing to Yemen and stuff mm -hmm. like that, it's, it's really insane that we support these people. Um, I, I gotta say, I mean, almost, I think only one or two, one was an Egyptian, but all the, the attackers on January- Were Saudi Arabian. Sorry, Saudi, uh, September 11th, they're all Saudi yep. Arabians. It was like 13 Saudi Arabians and two one uh, Egyptians. Was, no, one Moroccan was arrested, and I think there's only one Egyptian, I could be wrong. All the rest of them were Saudi Arabians, just no surprise because it's, it's a radical, Wahhabi Salafi terrorist state, but we buy their oil, so we, you know, we just pretend it's. The, the funny thing is, you know, the the when when Bush was president, the Democrats had this book called The House of Bush and the House of Saud, and it's like King Abdullah and Bush walking around holding hands like they're lovers, yeah. right? But then the first thing that President Obama did, he flies over there and he bowed down, he prostrated himself on the ground before. King Abdullah laying, it's embarrassing. You know, this guy's laying on the ground. They're praising, praising the petrodollar, you know, they're, they're keeping their interests in play. That's exactly what's going on. I think that you can make a big case for our invasions of a lot of these countries in the Middle East based specifically off our allies uh, with Saudi Arabia and with Israel. Um, well, compared to, Saddam Hussein was more of a Muslim moderate, especially compared to the Saudi Arabians. I mean, he had Christians serving in his, uh, Tarek Aziz and Christians serving in his administration. I think his Air Force general was mm -hmm. a Christian. That wouldn't, you know, if you're a Christian in Saudi Arabia, they'd behead you, <laughs> you know? So uh, he was more moderate. Yeah. Yet we attacked him and not the source of the problem, which is Yeah, Saudi 100%. Arabia. And I think that uh, especially, this is the, the, the point that I'd really like to make when I talk about this stuff, is that regardless of whatever the conflicts were or why we went over and stuff like that, uh, it's our government um, making these decisions poorly that we really need to be paying attention to. Um, so I think a lot of these problems come from the deep state. The yeah, the bureaucratic the state. So what, people like, act like that's a conspiracy theory. It's like, look at the FBI now. They don't care who's in power, what party. They're deeply entrenched and they, they pursue the same policies no matter what yes. political parties represent the White House or the Congress. They, they just do their own thing and they have a, 
uh, it looks like they're they're pursuing a progressive agenda, to me, and uh, you know progressive political agenda and just the disdain like the Peter Strzok Lisa Page, uh, oh I was in Walmart today I had to go to Walmart it's terrible I was around nasty smelly poor white folks they they stink I hate these people I'm better than them, <laughs> you know? and it's text neither one of them and it's like they're plotting to overthrow uh, a properly elected president of the United States and they and they're still I think he got hired uh, she's they're both free they should be arrested. I think Peter Strzok's working in CNN now. It's incredible. Yeah, going uh, back to what you're saying about accountability for these people, I mean, I would like to see accountability top down, right. especially for the COVID regime, what's been going on. I mean, I think that the COVID regime was an outright direct attack on the sovereignty of the American people. Right. And anyone who was involved in that or propagated that right. should definitely have repercussions brought against them. And the ringleaders of it should definitely be prosecuted for either treason or for... I, something that Thank would involve God them paul ryan you know making fauci squirm were you involved in you know genetically engineering this virus to gain a function <laughs> he gets he gets all nervous starts yep. shaking and yelling and squirming because, yeah his videos true yeah his videos with uh ram paul also uh i enjoy watching him squirm and just completely beat around the bush and then turn the argument against ram paul um take his exact point and then put it back against uh, Senator Paul. I always you know, get a so kick wanna, out of that. Yeah, I want to focus on this on this certain, uh, like, God willing, I'm going to win this election. What am I going to do? What are the, 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 the problems that are facing our country? Um, I think that uh, as a Republican candidate, we, I think we need to represent the, uh, the Republican Party platform, right? I believe conservative solutions are the best solutions, and I'm going I'm to fight for that. I'm concerned about the border. Um, I have four years of experience on the border, and people don't realize what's going on down there. Unfortunately, the drug cartels control all those Mexican states in there. People on the border, these Hispanic communities that go back to the before Texas became a, uh, a state, or they were, it's, it's a Hispanic area, and they, they want border security. Mm -hmm. They have, uh, and this is weird, he's a Democrat congressman. His name, uh, I think, Henry Cuellar. And he's representing his constituents like, we need a border wall. We need border security. This is really hurting our community. The FBI raided his house like a week ago, uh, targeting him. And it's like, he's a, well, he's, he's a Democrat, but I guess he's not a loyal Democrat because he's representing the concerns of his community. It's so bad. It's going to come over here. Talking about what they're doing. And there's, I don't know if you saw the video, but they started doing this in the, in the Air Force base outside of Del Rio. Mm -hmm. And uh, a, a, a military member leaked it to the, the, the press. What they're doing is they're putting them on planes and buses, and they're they're taking yeah, them all over the they're country. They're traveling them in in purple and red areas by the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, we had at least on taxpayer money. Yeah, and uh, there's a video, I guess, from New York. And it's like, what are you doing here? Oh, uh, you know, we're secretly moving all these people here in the middle of the night. Well, well, why is this secret? Well, we don't want anybody to know about it. We don't even know where we're going until they tell us. Get on the plane, they, you know, they radio us where we're going to fly them to. Uh, why is this going on? Well, we're betraying the American people. Yep. <laughs> That's what's going on. We're betraying the American people. Uh, he says it on the video. And uh, it's, it is good. They're, they're, trying, they're using immigration uh, and illegal immigration, human trafficking to influence future elections. It's happening. Uh, but what's happening also is Hispanic Americans, uh, they're not supporting this, you know? And this is not just Hispanic people coming across the border. It's people from the Middle East, a lot of people from China. I've seen it. I was there. You see Africa all over the place. They're just pouring across the border. I've worked the border for... And the thing is, another thing is, we solved the problem. I was there for three years, and I saw how bad it was at the beginning. Basically, what changed it was doing the 
pulling out of uh, it's called the, the Flores Agreement, okay. which is catch and release. So what happens? They cross the border illegally. Uh, half of them are, are apprehended, and then they're processed. They take them to a center, and they you know get their fingerprints, their information. They hold them in a, uh, a like a prison for a week or two, and then they just release them into the public at their own reconnaissance, give them a court date they're never going to come to. And uh, and if they do, they're going to be deported because they're they're exploiting the system. They're going to make it fraudulent. Uh, they don't qualify for asylum and, and political refugee status. And what bothers me is I have friends in the Middle East that I can't get over here. They won't, you know, this this person has a legitimate claim uh, as a Christian, you know, member of a Christian and facing threats from ISIS, and they refuse to, to help my friend. Yep. And yet people can walk across the border and get to stay here for the rest of their life. I think that's a really important, important point. I think that that ties back into what you were saying earlier. We were talking about uh, democratic solutions to specifically like to say the war in the Middle East or something like that is having borders that are secure. So you're not having all these hundreds and thousands of, right. if not millions of people flood over at a time right. and offering legitimate political religious asylum to people from these other countries right. where they're being oppressed. Well, we're going to go fight and die for the Ukrainian border while we're allowing the entire world to come across yep. our border right mm -hmm. now. So it's three million people that cross that we know of, right? There, there's we only get half of them. Maybe sometimes just forty percent, and just run around free in our country. And uh, so that's like five million people a year. That's going to be, you know, uh, twenty, thirty million people in four mm -hmm. years if he's allowed to. If he keeps, he's not going to stop. Yep. And you're paying for it as well. The taxpayer is paying for or, it. Yeah. This, the federal government is just absolutely right. that's, that's, stealing your money. Here's what's going on. We have this this candidate I'm running against, Bales. He's an open border. He's running the Republican ticket, but he's a Democrat. So if someone's asking about the border, Trump's border, oh, we can't build a border wall because ranch land, the ranchers need access to Rio Grande. No, like, those people absolutely want security I know. on the border. It's like, it's like he hasn't been to the border. I've, you know, we, we work with the ranchers a lot of time. And then on top of that, uh, there are tributaries in the Rio Grande, creeks and, and ravines and uh, was Arroyo, which means a canal they, they make. I mean, don't you think they don't have access to water except mm -hmm. for the Rio Grande? Uh, well, I, probably most of our comes from Rio Grande. There's all kinds of other sources from. You don't have to have the. You don't have to be the coast of Rio Grande itself to mm -hmm. get water. But a lot of places, these ranches, uh, it's a precipice. It's a very treacherous terrain. You know, they got their farmland. It'd be difficult for them. I wouldn't want the, the cattle going down there to get, yeah. you know, break their leg or something. Mm -hmm. It's not safe. Now, and the other, let's think about. Well, Del Rio is wide open. If you just let your cattle go in there, they just disappear into Mexico. You won't see yeah. it again. So it's, that's I'm, it's baloney. It's mm -hmm. baloney. Uh, it's just an excuse because. He want his his family's Democrat. He's his voting record's Democrat. The other thing is we have hubs of human trafficking in this community. Oh yeah, and uh, one is in Plum Grove, and he went to he went to, to Austin to protect it because there's human there's crime there, drug trafficking, uh, prostitution, which just means sex trafficking. But they're gonna they're trying to benefit, they're trying to grow the community, change it blue, and uh, you know increase the schools so they can build, you know, past, you know, building school buildings and pass school bonds for 100, 100, 150 million dollars school bond. So they they see the dollar signs with uh, these people are being exploited. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, we went over there and it's really bad. These people are living over there in squalor. And it's improved. Some of the stories you've heard before of just, just living out, these people living out in the woods. And the only shelter they have is like uh, lean-tos, you know, bed sheets. Uh, and then on top of that, they, they built, you know, they don't want to wall at the border. These communities have big, thick walls around Yep. Because you can't, they don't want you to see the, the drugs and weapons and prostitution going on behind the walls over there. And like I was saying, it's like, these girls are being exploited. Well, some of them, they might have anything to do, and they're just prostituting themselves because what are they going to do? They don't know yep. the language, they don't understand the culture. They don't have many prospects. But 
you know, if, if, if a white or a black or a Hispanic American woman tried to prostitute herself, you know, downtown, she'd get arrested. And yeah, oh, we're going to allow this to go on this community over mm -hmm. here. It's not right. It's not yeah. right. And then just say these, just say the majority of women were, were doing that, you know, either free will. What about those? I'm sure some of them are being sex trafficked. We can't let that go on. That's rape. You're just going to turn the other way that women being trafficked and raped? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, on that, I actually, I support uh, sex trafficking, or not, I'm sorry, not sex trafficking, uh, sex work if it's done the right way, but sex trafficking is utterly, utterly disgusting. Um, about the Democrats, I feel like they're hyper-capitalists who basically just found their wolf skin, or their sheep skin, I'm, I'm sorry. Right. Um, so they figured out a way to make the most money possible by saying all of the things that have emotional appeal with zero policies that right. will actually fulfill any of that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's so disgusting to see, and it's so blatant that when, if you just take the time to, to pay attention for five minutes, you'll see through the facade. You know, that's all it is, is a facade. Um, and it's just everything they do degrades the what, American culture. What troubles me about it the most, the totalitarian impulse that they yep. have. Yeah. You know, and here's the, it, and there are people like, was it Dave Rubin and others where, uh, was it Greg Greenwald or others? They're, they're like liberals. And sometimes I say, look, I'm still a liberal, uh, but these people lost their, they're extreme. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, I mean, if, if you have a different opinion, you know, let's talk about it. Let's have discussions, but that's not, the left is about canceling. You're either woke or they're going to cancel you. And like, like Alex Jones, you know, I think, I, I think some of Alex Jones' things are ridiculous. Like, uh, what they, they're making our frogs gay. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> like, you should look into that. But, uh, I mean, you look at it, it seems funny. But, I mean, they totally deplatformed him. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, who are they to tell me I can't see, you know, oh, I can't see Alex Jones I, at all? Are you just going to make him disappear? And that's, they're so crazy. It's like, well, let's stop people from making credit cards. What, are you going to cut off their water and electricity next? It's They've already nuts. done that. Yeah, they did that in L.A. Uh, during uh, the beginning of COVID. Um, the mayor of L.A. was yeah, shutting people's electricity right. off for breaking COVID uh, rules. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. And that's like when I and, say that we're living in a fascistic right. regime, like that's what I'm talking about is these people are utter, utter authoritarians Here's, and they do not care right. about any of your rights. It's like I don't agree with liberalism, but I couldn't imagine. Well, I'm not going to let you to espouse your, your beliefs. Or even, you know, I'm an evangelical Christian and, you know, I don't agree with Islam now, but, but they have a freedom of religion. The only thing I'd be concerned about, are they extremists? Are they promoting terrorists? you got to deal with that. But as a free country, you have to let people espouse their beliefs. It's the beauty of America. Religion, right? It's the beauty of America. And uh, like critical race, they're, they're trying to impose it on people. And it, it's, it's not, I went, I went before the, the, these teachers. And I just told them up front, you know, I said, you guys, is a you know, raise your hand, Texas. And it's like, I worked in education, I understand how, how hard it is, I appreciate our teachers, but I'm opposing things like critical race theory. Because you need to understand, is you have, your student body represents families from all walks of life in America in different political persuasions. And who are you to teach a radical political ideology in our schools? It's not the place for it. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't try to, I mean, if somebody believes in that, it's just not appropriate to teach that in public school. It's not. It's divisive, we need racial harmony, not division, we don't need, it's, it's socialism. It's not the place for it. Uh, but if you disagree with it, they want to totally destroy you yep. and say you're racist. And you know, it's, it's, that's another thing about critical race theory. Oh, I'm not racist. Yes, you are. <laughs> you know, what? What do you mean? 
Well, you wouldn't say you you weren't unless you were. So yep. like you you must be you like it or not, you're racist because you're white. And they got little children going home to school in in, in, in tears. What well, my teacher told me, I'm a bad person. I'm racist because I'm you know got blonde hair, blue eyes. This little girl, uh, it's it's you know it's 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 mental abuse. We got physical and mental abuse going on in our public schools. Wearing a mask. These people are nuts. You got like you hear about airline stewardess kicking family off because you got an infant, a toddler, or a, a, a newborn baby breastfeeding. They're trying to put a, uh, you know, cover their mouth up so they can't breathe. It's it's like, don't you people have common sense? Yep. And it's like, can you imagine? You know, they're complaining. Well, we're behind in education. It's because <laughs> the policies you impose on people for a full year, you're you're every grade level, you're just you're setting these people back. What are they supposed to do? They're going to be. Uneducated. Absolutely. And uh, this is where I start looking at it as like way more nefarious than people just um, falling in line or being uh, oblivious to the situation. I think that there are definitely forces in play that are actively doing this to degrade the American culture and American society so that they can impose their will openly over American citizens. Luckily, there's still a deep seated sovereignty in most people, especially in red areas um, where they grew up with more conservative values, that they're going to resist that. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. And I think that's what we need. The, the more people who rise up against this, we can still reclaim our sovereignty. Um, it's just it's going to take people actually waking up to what's going on and actively being able to fight out right. against it, which I think is beautiful what you just said as well, especially since you're running for an elected official right. seat. Like that's certainly absolutely what we need to see more of is normal people stepping up and taking responsibility for their communities uh, at the local level and then trying to fight against the powers at the federal level. That's, that's absolutely true. That's what we need. We need strong leaders and fighters like Ted Cruz, has been, in my opinion. Josh Howley, Ted Cruz, maybe Jim Jordan. I mean, people are willing to stand up and fight for concern. Rand Paul is another one. I take my hat off to him. He's been great. That's the kind of, we don't have that many of them. It's like, we're men of courage, you know? Yeah. We're our strong leaders. And uh, I was talking about, well, we need military people. But somebody said, what about what about Crenshaw? <laughs> yeah, I'm not him. a fan of Dan Crenshaw. He, he caved in. He's like a super conservative for a year and a half, then he turned left. Yeah. <laughs> so he got, like, the neoconservatives scooped him up. They were like, hey, here's his money. What's up? Yeah. It's, it's some of the things he's saying that, you know, oh, there's, you know, there's no voter fraud and uh, other things. He's attacking the few conservatives who stand up. Yep. Attacking them. It's like, who, whose side are you on? And then I understand he had this opportunity where I, maybe he misspoke. Oh, Jesus is a fictional character like uh, Superman, yeah, I Invisible saw that. Man, and The Flash. And then when he got confronted about it, he oh, got super defensive. Oh, don't attack my religion. Yeah. Well, say, no, I wasn't saying, let me tell you what I really meant. Let me tell yeah. you what Jesus means to me. He doesn't say that. He just gets mad and goes into rage. He's playing a character. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I don't understand it. You're seeing the uh, mass slip from a lot of these people. A lot of their masks are slipping. I thought one of the greatest moments of that was when AOC, uh, who's supposed to be this massive progressive figure, um, voted uh, no vote on funding Israel, their weapons, when all the progressive caucus said no against it, and Nancy Pelosi came over to her and said, hey, listen, uh, this is our greatest ally. We get a bunch of money from Israeli lobbies. Um, you're not going to vote no against this. And she caved to it. Uh, so you see it on both sides, and it's just, it's the, the masks are falling. And, you, and you want to see how phony she is. And she goes to, she's supposed to be a, a representative of the little people, and she went to this, you know, Paid $30,000 a treat. Yep. And she's wearing that, you know. Tax the rich on the back of her gown. Dress and gown and all that stuff. Big phony. Big, big, big phony. phony. And it's, it's sad. Well, what bothers me about it is 
the 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 face of the Democrat Party uh, is Bernie Sanders, AOC. People are are extreme and supporting Marxism. Who would never actually have power in the party? You saw that during the presidential campaign when yeah. they were like, "Oh yeah, you guys, no, 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 no." He won. Well, the thing is, obviously, he was both times he was winning. Uh, against against Hillary and against Biden, mm-hmm. and they do these back, you know. Yeah, they shut them down. People in the smoke-filled back rooms. It's like, yep. We can't have an overt communist running yet. Yep. So they'll like, change the rules up last minute, so they can't even get up there and debate and stuff like that. And the not, Republicans do it as well. They did it with Ron Paul when Ron Paul was going up there and and right. speaking his mind. They were just like, oh yeah, no, nah, we're only having this many people up here. Well, they debate. were trying to do it. Uh, I think uh, Trump up into the game. They were going to try, uh, what was it, Jeb Bush? I'm just, don't worry, I'm going to buy it. we got a lot of candidates in here. I'll just, we're going to knock them out one by one, and we'll just keep the, the old rhino establishment going. But then uh, Trump came in <laughs> unexpectedly. I got, you know, he had, was it, 30 to $60 million war chest Jeb Bush did. He's just going to buy the, the, the presidency, <laughs> and it didn't work out that way. Thankfully. Uh, th- yeah, thankfully. Thankfully. We need, we need something that represents the, it's, it's funny how, how Trump is, uh, I mean, he likes the gaudy wealth and everything, but he's able to connect with the, the, the poor middle class and, and relate to them in a, in a unique way. Um, but other things, of course, I'm, a, I'm for freedom. And I, I did this little, my campaign video, and I talked about, you know, my experience in the military, 28 years in service, and, and you know, being sacrificed for the good of our country and, and fighting for what's right, for our principles, for our Constitution, the Bill of Rights. But, you know, I talked about freedom of speech. Uh, you know, that's something that affected me, these tech tyrants. Maybe we're going to be able to create uh, alter platforms like Trump's uh, Truth Media or Rumble and other, uh, but the amount of censorship, because like, these private these are private companies and they, they can do whatever they want. They can't do whatever they want. We have the the, the bill of well, no company can do whatever they want. They're all the, the Constitution says that you know the, one of the purpose of the government is the Constitution is to regulate business and commerce. I think in the very beginning, and they don't. Who gives them a, a the rubber stamp on on the Bill of Rights? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know. People aren't saying anything wrong. They're just expressing an opinion that that uh, Google or uh, Dorsey or Zuckerberg don't agree with, and then it's shadow banned or silenced. It's it's not good. So we need somebody that's going to say, "No, we're going to have freedom. We're not going to let these people." It, like we're talking about today, like Zuckerberg spent almost a billion dollars influenced the election, but then what about uh, gifts in kind? I guess or, or where uh, promoting the Democrat media narrative on his platform mm-hmm. and repressing. The other views, that's a, that's a, 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 a gift in kind, too. So Absolutely. Be, uh, Dinesh D'Souza spent almost an entire year in, in, in jail. Of course, uh, he had to turn himself in like at five, so five, to, five at night to eight, nine o'clock, and he was able to go out, couldn't leave. He's still in jail, even though he's able to walk free for a few hours a day. Mm-hmm. He's in jail. He's locked up with murderers and drug dealers. And, and for what? He gave, he gave his friend a $10,000 donation for a campaign in the New York State Senate. And she wanted another donation, so he just wrote a check for another ten thousand dollars. So he went over the, the the limit that a person could make for it. Yep. Usually, just fined or you know refund the money, stuff like that, pay a fine. But you know, it's unprecedented. They just they're, they're looking for something. I guess that's all they could find. He's a political, you know, example political prisoner. He's been in prison for a year for a ten thousand, and yet uh, Zuckerberg spends almost a billion dollars or more. Oh yeah, and. Let alone all the people who are not in the spotlight, all the major banks, major pharmaceutical companies and stuff like that. The face of these people and says there's faces, there's people out there who don't even know who are movers. Absolutely. Names, names that we will never even know because of 
how actually wealthy they are and how right. influential well, they are. Soros. Soros likes to be in the public, yeah. which amazes me. Here he is as a, a Nazi collaborator. And he's, it's not funny. He's, an anti, yeah. he's a Jewish man, but he's an anti-Semite. Bill Gates. Bill Gates is another one. These major, major influential figures that absolutely direct and affect all of this stuff. And uh, I, I think that the social media censorship is so, so much deeper than a lot of people realize. Like, I mean, you're watching legitimate political oppression right. of a people in America, and it's right. just continuing to funnel everyone into one mindset right. and right. into the vision of the quote-unquote uniparty, deep state, right. deep state or anything like that. Also, I think that you can look at um, Facebook, all these social media companies, these tech giants that are deeply, deeply embedded with like the CIA, FBI, all of these major surveillance platforms that absolutely 100% infringe on your rights right. every second of the day. Right. Um, and kudos to them for being smart enough to really foresee that and have a vision of collaboration. I mean, I respect it because they got every single person to have one of these in their pockets where they right. actively surveil right. you. And it's, it, it's, it's a, a beautiful piece of technology. Yeah. It's a tool. And technology, I think, is it's not good or evil. You know, it's neutral. It's a tool. It's how you use it. So it can be such a blessing on life, yeah. and it's made life so it much easier. But, but it, absolutely, I, I think yes, it's funny. You have beautiful. a conversation. You mentioned something. The phone's down. Like, I mentioned something. And then an advertisement. Ad comes up. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. Like, I didn't. I didn't search it. It's insane. Insane. So you're talking about something in conversation, and didn't do a search. Didn't look at a website. Just had the phone laying there. You talk something to your friend. And you look at it, and ads start popping up related to that, and it's yep. like. That's weird. <laughs> it's, it's creepy too, but that's that's where we're at. So technology can liberate, but it can also enslave. But not only an addiction to, to this this new digital world, but then you have these overlords, these tech tyrants, trying to control what you can say, and you know the, the conversations you can have, try to direct and control how, what you can think and the questions you can ask. It's very disturbing. So Absolutely. I actually addressed that issue in my, my the campaign commercial I did. Uh, one of the other issues that we face here in Texas is runaway property taxes. Uh, it's amazing how it's a problem that affects people that own property. And it, it also relates to this human trafficking hub. There are billboards on the highway that says you can take the lands there for zero dollars. Just come and get it. If you're, in, if you're, it's catering to illegal aliens. The signs are in Spanish. Uh, and yet if you like my, my father passed away from COVID in August and you know, we have his land as a state and, uh, you know, I have to deal with that, and you know, we might have to have some kind of go to probate and sell his estate. Uh, but as we go through that process, I want to make sure he's not behind any of the taxes because I don't want you know when we sell the estate that to be an issue. And it's like, wow, this is a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. I think taxation is theft. I absolutely think that if you abolish the federal income tax and you turned more uh, institutions or charities, whatever the case is, into private entities, um, and at a more local level, you would see so much more benefit um, because there would be way less room for corruption. And I think the free market would start to play its role where people could actually pick and choose between different companies instead of being forcefully or forcefully having their money taken from them to give to these organizations or these initiatives or something like that that don't really do anything. If you look at the homelessness in California, there are people over there making six figures a year to basically do nothing, you know, and all of that is taxpayer money. All of that is subsidized by the government where they're just raping you for money. And if they weren't doing that, you would have X amount of money back into your pocket and there could be private institutions set up to where you could say, okay, hey, I feel really strongly about homelessness. 
there are X, Y, and Z companies. This company right here is really, really making progress and they're helping a lot of people and their CEO isn't making 500,000, a million dollars a year off of this. It's a legit nonprofit. And you could take that money that would have been stolen from you by the government and actually give it to that and you know make more of a difference or invest it at a local level. Um, and I think the more you see the decentralization of power from the federal level to the state level and especially the local level, um, I think that needs to be the real big push and where you would start seeing a lot of changes um, in our society. The problem with it, the, I mean, I, the way I look at it is like I'm American, I serve my country, I served in war twice, I served the border for all these years, serving you know, the United States of America. I'm a patriot, I'm a taxpayer, but this is exploitative. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, uh, and you got a lot of, it's a big problem for a lot of people. It's like, it, they're making it difficult for people to maintain their, their, hold their property or maintain property. It's been the family for a while. And it's like, where's this money going to? It's going to people want to live off the government, yep. right? Here I am, somebody contribute trying to, you know. Yep. And it just goes to these, you know. And it's not a day one institution either. I think a lot of people don't realize that is that the federal income tax and other taxes like that weren't instituted until the Civil War when right. Lincoln was president. Fact, they think the, that it was just from day one the, we were paying into right. these things. And believe, that's not the case. I need to read it. I believe the Constitution, as it was written, forbade that income tax. Yeah. Yeah, and they, it was this, one of these amendments later on that was passed in a dubious way. Yep. But it says there will be when they pass the Constitution, there will be no income tax. Yeah. And and then they, you know, I think as with Wesley, all things, Wesley Snipes. You know, says somebody said this. You know, this amendment wasn't passed constitutionally; it was just imposed on the people. Doesn't matter. Well, why, if that's true, I'm not going to pay income tax. Yep. He goes to jail for five years. Yeah. The government doesn't play games with their money. You can still not, rob, lie, cheat, and you will probably not as get as much time in jail as if you withhold money from the state. The state will always get what's due to them. But like you're saying, I think another important thing is like educational choice. Like I'd rather homeschool my kids than have them indoctrinated on Marxism yes. and race theory. And you know the teacher, oh, you can't. That's you're depriving people of a quality education if you homeschool. So you've been making us homeschool for a year, so it can't be that bad after all. <laughs> Yeah, and this is a recurring theme I've been seeing too. Is is and it really made me happy to hear you saying that is is pro-choice in most things, religion, education, everything. Everything should be a choice to the sovereign individual to to make. That none of that should be mandated. None of that should be forced upon you. And I think the more heavy-handed society becomes in oppressing people's free will the worse everything's going to get. And the second you open it back up, we're going to continue to flourish again right. as Americans. Well, we're not flourishing right now. Absolutely but, not. But one of the other things is like with education, I think we need, there's this idea of why doesn't the money follow the student, right? Why do they, they told you you have to go to this public school. Why can't you just take that money and go towards your students to uh, what's best education for your, your child? And when I was at this, this, this school, I mean, sorry, the, the Raise Your Hand Texas, I was saying, I've taught in schools, you know, I'm looking at this school, it's like, man, this is a, this school's got serious discipline problems. What if you had a, a, a child that had an aptitude towards academics? And it's like at this school, it's going to be difficult for them to achieve their, their school potential. You can't focus on yep. academics here. And it'd be better to have a, a, a voucher system or they go to a charter school. Yep. And the kids just want to, you know, a lot of, you know, public schools aren't going in anywhere. Well, 90% of the people go, so? Let's give people, maybe, maybe more people would go if they had legitimate options. We should... Not concerned about the teachers' union, but what's best for our our youth, our young people, to help them achieve their their highest potential. And if kids or, or parents want to send their school to a, a failing school, uh, I guess that'd be their decision. But if parents don't want to send their school, they want to give their their, their children better alternatives and, and set them up for greater success in, in in life. They should be able to do that too. Why bring everybody down 
just because of one school and that they have their school supposed to their, their students supposed to go to uh, has problems. Absolutely. So and we if, need we need you know like I said it'd be better to homeschool and send to school where they're going to get knifed or shot or you know, in, into drugs and things like that. Yeah, and then also preventing the parents from being prosecuted. I think for. Uh, their children not showing up to school or something like that, the fact that their parents could be jailed, that helps nobody. So not only is their child not going to school or whatever, now you took away their parental figure. So that's a entirely separate problem in and of itself. I, for, I, had, this, I had this friend called, uh, he's supporting my campaign, he lives in Lumberton, he's called Brad, Brad Lewis. And these my two uh, opponents are like, oh yeah, they're 100% for, for public schools. And I'm, I'm, I'm for education. I, got, I, I love education so much, I got a highest degree, right? A doctorate, advanced degree. Uh, but uh, it's like, I think it's Janice Hall's like, well, let's have programs. Well, both of them. For, for, some, for some kids, you know, schools or family, uh, or let's, let's increase the time. They need to be with their mom and dad and their family unit instead of being away from home all the time. Yep. That I think is we need to instead of depriving people from home life, we need to be encouraging it. You know, but for both of those candidates to 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 want to, they already have a, plenty of time with your kids, right? We need to have more time with kids at home with their family. Yeah, and I know that there's some kids out there that don't. Well, the community it's not the, the job of the educational establishment. The community can step in and help people. Yeah, right. Churches and other uh, community. Uh, oriented groups you know there's all kinds of organizations absolutely that kids can be involved in besides you know being socialized socialists and the who've taken it they're and it's, it's 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 sad to me like i said I, I i i see the importance of they're cheapening education when it becomes so political where it's all about you know these tired failed ideas of Karl marx and i mean just art music science is so fascinating there's so much to learn and you know it's a huge universe and i, I like to see you know i'm excited about Elon Musk building a sp yeah. spaceport, and why can't we go to it's Mars incredible. and expand it? Yeah. You know? The innovation of human beings is it's insane. It's unprecedented but, but, in historical yeah. context, and it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah, look what happens to these oppressive, you know, people can't achieve their full potential in a Marxist state, or a socialist state for that matter. We need innovation and, and opportunity and freedom. And that's yeah. what I'm going to stand up and fight for uh, in Austin, stand up for the American people and stand for freedom. It's beautiful. Uh, so that's Stand up for the sovereignty of the individual. Yes. And the more you cultivate your sovereignty as an individual and keep your house in order, the more likely you're going to be, I think, to be a productive member of society and community. Right. And that's where your community really flourishes is when you have individuals who are well-built, who have thought through their ideas, and have ultimately come to the conclusion that because they've bettered their life, now they're in a position to better other people's lives. Instead of just saying, well, I can do whatever I want. My moral compass is absolutely garbage. I have no values. Um, and I think the state should basically just tell me how to live. And that is never going to work. This is a little spiritual. This is a theologian I like to read. I've talked about this a lot. It's N.T. Wright, a British theologian. And he's like, oh, you need to think about community, not the individual. And there's a lot. Well, community is important, but the individual is important. And I was thinking, it's like, he goes, well, you know, Christianity is more about uh, about what happens when you die if you go to heaven or hell. It's about the community and how the, the church impacts the world. And it's like, okay, it's not either or, it's both and. You have to come to God as an individual and get right with God. And then you're you're incorporated to a greater community where you can work with others to impact the world with God's love and, and, and kindness. But uh, like Billy Graham's decision, that was his, the name of his part of his, uh, I think his, his magazine, Decision. You have to make a personal decision as an individual. That's what that's what it's all about. Personal decisions. That's what my faith in Christianity is about. But 
as an individual, you reach out to the community, but it starts with the individual, and individuals have to be free. The Bible says, Jesus said, whom the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. So we need to be people about freedom, and that's what I want to stand for and fight for. Absolutely. I think it's a beautiful place to stop. I can't thank you enough for your time. This is a thank absolutely you. enticing conversation. Yes. So, yes, sir. I appreciate it. So yeah, I appreciate bless. your time. Thank you.